and you're tuned to the Northern Rivers Music Box with Ange. And I've got something pretty special, pretty rad to share with you all, but I'm going to do a little intro first. Amy Taylor, she is a born and bred Mwoolumba and Mullumbimbi chick, but now calls Melbourne her home and is the front woman for Amel and the Sniffers. And Amy is, wait for it, a songwriter, writer, pocket rocket stage performer, has been a Gucci billboard ambassador, ARIA award winner, Music Victoria award winner for best band, best live act and best musician. And that's exhausting. Go you. And next week, Amel and the Sniffers will be releasing their second album, Comfort to Me, with 13 tracks that pack a punch. G'day, Amy. Hello, Anne. Happy birthday. Oh, (laughs) thank you so much, Amy. Uh, Look, when I last interviewed you, that was back in 2019, BC, before COVID. And uh, it was uh, when the Sniffers, you've been touring for 18 months relentlessly and you released your self-titled debut album, which took out an aria for best rock album, which might I add, you were the only female fronted for that. Uh, That's right. Yoo-hoo. Pretty, pretty proud of that, but hopefully there'll be more next year. Oh, look, bring it on. More women, please, to the front. And when I spoke to you, you said um, you've been busy, really working hard and you loved it. And then, boom, COVID hit. And uh, you guys, the whole band, you're in a share house in Melbourne, now in your sixth lockdown, 200 days or so. Can you give me some tips for surviving a share house with your bandmates in a, in a lockdown? Well, we kind of joke about it that, like, lockdown's just touring without the gigs because you just sit around all day and drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know, sometimes you just got to lose your mind a little bit. I think we've all done that. I like running heaps and doing exercise and just drinking water and heaps of coffee and other than that, I think everybody's just got to lean into getting fucked. What What do you reckon you've learned about yourself in these lockdowns? Oh, my God, so much, too much. I want to unlearn some stuff. There's so much time to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But-, but it's been nice as well to just, like, relax a little bit or whatever And because um, we were so busy. It's, we're all kind of happy to have a sit-down, but at the same time, I miss the real world a fair bit. Real world. Your world was pretty unreal, though, <laughs> when, yeah, when you were that's coming true. up. <laughs> Now, when Alan yeah. the Sniffers took out Best Rock Album in 2019, and I remember talking to you and you said, look, when you were at the Arias, no one really wanted to, you know, talk to you. They didn't know who you were. I kind of reckon that's probably changed now. How Has it changed? Have you got a lot more attention since? I think, yeah, I actually think so a little bit. Like I'll go down to the supermarket and someone will be like, hey, or whatever. So I feel like that says a lot. But it's hard to, it's hard to know because, yeah, we just spent so much time inside. But winning that aria was pretty special, so I think it's done a bit. Definitely. I mean, you get more attention from the media and the music industry. You can see that. I can see that just following through your Instagram. And also, you're now signed with Virgin Music and, you know, you've got some pretty big whack behind you. How are you and the band navigating that? Because that's a whole other world. Well, sometimes it's a bit intimidating or whatever because we did start very much so DIY. But at the same time... Like, everybody we work with really gives us space to just do whatever kind of thing. Like, for example, Virgin just does distribution for us. So they'll kind of, like, steer us in the right direction and help us out or whatever. But the way I see it is they're just all people who, like, like music and want to work in music as well. And and, um, they're on the same page as us or whatever. And in the end, it's like under capitalism, we're all just going to have to work. So we might as well work together and, and see what happens. And make sure you have fun along the way. Yeah, exactly. So you've got your second album coming out next Friday, Comfort To Me. What is comforting to you? I like going fast in a car. I like <laughs> punk shows. 
<laughs> I like the sun. It was sunny here yesterday, but now it's pissing down. Uh, yeah, as well, last year, like for the first time in ages, I got to have comfort. Like I got, you know, because we're on the road so much, I'd just come back and then I'd like couch surf or whatever and just lived out of a suitcase for two years. But then this year I got to like, I got my own bedroom. I got like linen sheets. I was like, woohoo, having cups of tea in the afternoon. So that was heaps of comfy stuff last year. And that's, I guess, part of the album. I love it. Linen sheets and cups of tea. I relate to that. That's so girly comfort. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, like, wearing track dance all the time. Like, that was awesome. I've managed to get a sneak preview of your album and uh, your voice and your lyrics have changed on this second album. And to me, you you sound, I don't know if you sound angry, but you definitely sound determined to, like, cut through the bullshit. And you've got song titles like Don't Fence Me In, No More Tears, Choices, Freaks to the Front. When you were writing these lyrics... What were the things that you needed to say on this album and where were these ideas coming from? Well, I think there was lots of things. We started writing it at the end of um, 2019, around September. So we kind of went through the whole bushfire season. It was coming off being like, yeah, just touring constantly and kind of fucked up in the, in the head just from being on the road so much. Now, I wanted to talk about feminism a bit more on this album and mainly just my experiences as a female or whatever and and just that nobody owns me and I can make my own decisions and I can make my own choices because only I know what's best for me and unless somebody knows me really well they can't really comment and I really feel defined about that and also proud to just be like unapologetically myself and encouraging that with others as well. Have you had instances where you've had to I'm sure you have but we've had to call it out and just go enough yeah, is this, is a, is this yeah. a regular occurrence with you? I think people just say some really dumb things and people just assume that I'm one-dimensional and because I like wearing skimpy clothes and wearing heaps of makeup, people think that feminine, femininity is weak. But to me, I think to, to express your femininity and then be a tough cunt is also super possible and you can be, you know, you can dress skimpy and still be the smartest person in the room or, or whatever. So I, I, I feel really, like, yeah, just passionate about that really. Oh, hallelujah to you, more of that. Because your songwriting has uh, really improved. I mean, you've acknowledged that too in your presser. Um, What do you think has changed in your songwriting? I started reading books for the first time ever, so I feel like that probably helped. Because before last year I was like, well, books are dumb, but now I think books are the best thing ever. So that's probably helped. And then just also I've been putting heaps of time into it because the prior records and the prior EPs were pretty much just written for live shows because we just wanted to tour and play as live, like, as much as possible. So we'd be like, oh, our set's only 10 minutes. We better write another two songs. Whereas this album, we've just gone like, oh, let's just make the best sounding record we can because obviously live shows weren't a factor. We just got to spend all year on it, really. It's interesting then because so with the band, can I just also say, Deck in the background there, his guitar work, oh, my God, his shredding. And I'm loving... Yeah, the boys smashed it. They have. They've just gone next level with you and your lyrics. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you find um, as a songwriter, do you come with the lyrics to the boys, or of the boys sitting there and they've got some um, riffs going and, and a rhythm going, and you go, okay, I know what I'm going to put to that. How does it work? The chicken or the egg? The Amy or the no, band? Um, yeah, they always <laughs> they always come first. Like they lead and I follow. They'll um, they'll like come with a riff or they'll come with a song, and I'll just try and um, accommodate with that and make something nice for them. But yeah, they've leveled up so much, and they're all self taught. So I'm, I'm proud of them all. I bet you your share house has been pretty noisy over lockdown when you're smashing out some new material. 
Well, funnily enough, actually, because we don't have a setup at home, we don't, um, we never practice at home. We just sit around all day. But when when lockdown's open, we go to our storage shed where all our gear is. But other than that, we just spend a lot of time doing sweet fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should be going to your shed because it's essential services that you are providing. <laughs> I think so too. We better call up Skyline, tell them what's what. <laughs> all, right, all right, your second single, Security, which I do love the riffs that Dex got going on in this one. Would you describe this as a love song? It's a bit of a love song, a little made-up story. I like the idea of, yeah, a story that there's like um, somebody trying to get into a pub but they're actually secretly in love with a security guard or whatever. But <laughs> I just made it up really because there's this song, um, it's called Rack Off Normie and I really like the story. Um, everyone should listen to it. But it was kind of inspired by that. <laughs> What's the story, Rack Off Normie? How, how does that go? There's this woman singing, she's Australian, and she says she was standing on a corner buying some ice cream and then someone came along, some blah, 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 blah. But she was with this, like, normal guy tried to hit on her and she ended up going off with a bikey. And she, like, tells a story about how she's with the bikey and he's a hell's angel and she preferred him and that Normie should rack off. And then in the end, the bikey leaves her and she's on the divorced wife pension and she wished she gave Normie a little attention. <laughs> ah, so this is where security's come from. I love it. Give those security guys attention. You don't know. That could be your next love of your life. <laughs> I love it. Security, will you let me in your pub? I'm not looking for trouble. I'm looking for love. I'm not looking for harm. I'm looking for love. Will you let me in your heart? heart? Let me in your pub. I distracted you with all of my bullshit. I covered myself in distractions. You couldn't see the real me, I wanted to save you, you stupid, I'm fast I'm not looking for trouble, I'm looking for love, I'm looking for love We had our Zoom mosh to that song. I've got to catch my breath after that. <laughs> Studio and One. That's a solo on that one. That's an absolutely shreds it. Your album, Comfort to Me, it was produced by some megas. Uh, you had fabulous Dan Luscombe from The Drones and you're mixed by uh, Nick Launay. Let's say that's Nick Cave, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's Idols and Bernie Goodman, who like, hello, Michael Jackson and Prince and Dr Dre, he's mastered their albums. Did these guys give you the freedom that you wanted a Sniffers album to be? Definitely, yeah. We make sure that most people we work with that, you know, we have a lot of autonomy and um, 
get to control everything because, you know, it's important to us to make it sound like how we like. But at the same time, it's like we need people's help because we don't know how to do that stuff that well. And, um, so we really trust them and, and trust that what they're doing is is to make it sound good and stuff like that. So, But if we were to ever push back, they'd just be like, yeah, true, and let us run with it. They've, have they done much with Australian bands, these guys? Particularly Bernie Grumpen? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know about him, but I know Nick Lorne's, um he lived in Australia for a bit, so he yeah. got it. Um, and I was trying to describe to him, I was like, Nick, I want it to sound like a Lancer. And then... Um, I was like, I don't want it to sound like a Mazda 3. I want it to sound like a Lancer. <laughs> I love the brief. <laughs> Just as long as it doesn't sound like a Porsche or a Lexus, hey? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to have a bit of grunt. Look, also too, I love the fact that um, I think it was last year or the year before you did a collaboration with um, Sleaford Mods. And, uh, oh, my God, I know. I love those guys. Yeah, and it was nudge. Can I also just do a bit of bragging? That was the last live gig I saw of an international band with Sleaford Mods in Sydney oh, before really? we sh- just weeks before we shut down. So, How good are they live, uh, hey? Yeah, he's just sitting there <laughs> on, on a keyboard. <laughs> just yeah. having the laptop player. <laughs> the laptop player. But, uh, yeah, so good. Working with those guys, did that help you with your sort of, you got a bit of a rap I call it a punk rap style. Did that? Did they help you with that? Not really, because I guess it's like when we started the band, it kind of started because I just get drunk and freestyle rap, and um, it's kind of always been my party track to rap, uh, party trick to rap a little bit or whatever. Yeah, that was all done like because they were obviously in the, in London and we were in lockdown, so it was all done just like separately or whatever. But Jason's so funny and so honest. Like I'll send him something. He's like, to be honest, Amy, that's bottom of the barrel punk, and then I just try again and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, Jason. <laughs> so that wasn't the Mazda 323, that was the, uh, was the yeah. Toyota Corolla. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can drop a lyric with no need to drop a name. Merba at, uh, and Mullumbimby actually at 19, where you moved to Melbourne. Did you ever think you'd become a professional and make money out of being in a band in, in music? No way. Not even a thought. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, also, if mum and dad are listening, hey, mum and dad, you. I didn't tell them I was doing this interview. What is it that you love about being in a band? Oh, it's just fun, really. Like, music's just the best thing ever, and it's so much fun. And I've always really loved live music heaps, and just being able to play it is also just incredible. And, like, yeah, it's just fun being able to, like, think in a certain way and, like, challenge myself, write lyrics, and just anytime I hear any kind of music, I just want to dance. So it's cool to be able to be a part of that, really. And get all your energy out of your system. Yeah, that's right. I'm so energetic and that's the perfect place for it. Because <laughs> this is a local music show, I get a lot of local bands that listen in. I, I just want to ask something probably if for tips from you because 
you know, apart from writing and recording and performing, you're getting to a scale now where you're doing videos, you're having to navigate social media on a massive scale, you're interviewing, you're having to work in the, you know, navigate around the business of music. Got any tips for um, young guys and girls? Doesn't matter what age, but they're just starting out. Well, I think for us, it's like when we started, we really didn't have any expectations, but we always just, we always just really appreciated everything that we got. Like when we were playing for like, you know, $50 and a couple of drinks, we thought that was the coolest thing ever just because we wanted to support, you know, when like bands like the Cosmic Psychos, you think not have to pay or whatever, and just trying to be as friendly as possible and being as nice and respectful as possible, but also standing up for yourself and knowing when, when it's okay to ask for more or know that you're being ripped off. It's totally fine to just go like, actually, I need something else from this. I don't know. I think as well, like the internet's super useful. Like we wouldn't as putting stuff on Bandcamp and everything. That's how we got ahead, really. It's like because you could put yourself out in the world and it was found like that. And we just said yes to pretty much everything, even if we don't know what's going on. And we still do. Like we'll just say yes, 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 yes. And then if it's a stupid decision, we'll look back at it and be like, that was stupid. <laughs> rather than um, we're rather, we don't overthink anything, really. We barely think enough. So I think just probably do that. <laughs> like great advice. Don't overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, and stand up, as you said, stand up for yourself. If you no, nah, we we deserve more than that. Don't oh. be afraid to say you've been ripped off because that happens as well, and and that can really set you back a bit or whatever. But just do your thing and then have a bit of fun with it, and literally just do whatever is good for you because people are attracted to that, and and it's fun to see it and it's fun to do it, and you can't go wrong like that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, what uh, is on the horizons for twenty twenty two? Do we even explore that for Amel and the Sniffers? Well, not a great deal, to be honest, but we're going to do a live stream of the album. So just doing all the songs front to back. And yeah, obviously the album's coming out. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. And then after that, it's just a big empty black hole that could be anything. Yeah, not no no going over to the US next year? Next year, probably. I think next year's looking good, but as, uh, we don't know because everything's yeah. up in the yeah, air all the yeah. time. But we're meant to go to the UK in November, but I mean, I'm not holding my breath. breath on that one. Hey, did I see here a rumour that you're going to be touring with the Foo Fighters in the States or is that... Uh What's, what's with That's that? That's right. We're going to be playing with them in Spain. Foo Fighters and uh, I think it's Liam Gallagher, one of the Gallaghers. We've played with them before in Adelaide, funnily enough. Okay. Really, really early on. Yeah, we opened for them and Weezer in Adelaide. Yeah, okay. That's cool. What do you say to Dave Grohl? Hi. I'd, I'd freeze. <laughs> yeah, he just, he was really nice. I could see he was watching us side of stage. I was like, that's pretty fucked up and crazy. Yeah. And then, um, and then during his set, he came over and was like, hey, guys, I liked your set or whatever. We we're like, yeah, Dave. Also, they had an amazing, um, they had amazing like backstage catering and stuff. Like they even had barocas and they had like <laughs> three, like all these meals and like a juice machine and like chewing gum. It was so sick. <laughs> oh, that's a serious rider. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was dope. All right, we're going to finish off with your title track. Well, your first release, Guided by Angels, uh, off Comfort Sweet. to Me, which comes out next hey, week. Hey, Ange, what was your favourite song off the album? Did I, you have one? Um, yeah, I like Knifed. Sick, cool. Yeah. yeah, I like that one too. Yeah. Thanks for chatting to me, Ange. Hey, Happy yeah. birthday. Oh, thanks, Amy.